Truth News Network. It's one big club and you ain't in it. George Carlin said that in a concert to thunderous applause. Few took it seriously because it was an act after all. Huh. Well, World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, J.P. Morgan Chase, a sitting congressperson says we're in charge now, central bank digital currency, armed tax collectors, massive corporate surveillance and censorship. Are you paying attention yet? Carlin as profit. Who knew? You want to know another? Dan Newman. I don't know about the profit piece there for me, but I do know this. You don't have to be a rocket scientist or Albert Einstein to put one, two, and three, and four, and five different things together and make a connection. We're going to dig into that on a lot of different levels. You're not going to believe some of the things that we're going to tell you this morning. Some things that as much research as we do here, we didn't know. We'd never seen or heard it. Why is that? Why is that? We have, we're told, the greatest media news outlets on the planet. U.S., oh my gosh, it is the very best. Well, if it is the very best, I'm talking about mainstream or legacy media, whatever you want to call them. If it is the best on the earth, why don't we hear about everything? Everything. And when little old TNN Live finds things that are very, very important in the big scheme of life we're experiencing now on multiple levels, how could we find out about it? And the big folks didn't know about it because surely if it's so important, they would give us that news, right? (laughs) I think you know the answer to that. We will discuss that. Today We also have some updates on foreign policy, things going on over in the Middle East. It's spilling out across the globe. We're going to talk about why you're going to hear from some folks. And by the way, we have something of a conundrum going on in the U.S. House of Representatives. We can't get a House speaker. We can't find one person for the 434 other members of the House of Representatives feel like should be the one that leads the House. That just doesn't seem plausible to me. We'll talk about that. We'll give you um, some examples of what's going on from some other folks, and we'll draw our own conclusions. You're going to hear from some folks that really know a lot of things about what's going on, not because they're in the tank for a political party or they're for the military or against the military. They're just regular Americans that look at things objectively and draw conclusions from the things that they see and hear. Kind of like we all should do. Give us the facts. Let us make our own choices about whether it really is facts, right? Look at us, baby, up all night, tearing our love apart. Same to people who live through years in the dark. Oh, every time I try to walk away, something makes me turn around and stay. And I can't tell you.
That's this nice arrangement of the old Eagles song. I can't tell you why. Diana Krall, one of my favorite, like, calm singers. She doesn't do a bunch of rock and roll stuff. Most of it is kind of rewrites of songs from other big artists. She's written some of her own, but uh, she kind of stays in that mode. Great pianist, great writer. She is in her own right. Anyway, all that being said, I think that calm three minutes or so, you deserve that because that's about as calm as it's going to get on today's show. How are you doing? I mean, literally, how are you doing? Sometimes it's a good thing for each of us to just pause for a moment, maybe five minutes, get somewhere and sit down with a cup of coffee or a Diet Coke or whatever your favorite beverage of the day is, and just sit there Sip it, whatever it is, and just think through the things in your life and ask yourself this question. What are the really bad things that I'm dealing with in my life? And then think those through and kind of put bullet points beside them. It's important for us to do that and to remember what those things are. But you know what else is probably more important than defining the bad things in our life? is to think of the good things in your life. Maybe put some bullet points beside those. And I tell you what, if you want to take a little time and write down, or if you're a speed keyboard person, type in the good, a list of the good things, a list of the bad things. You know what you're almost always going to find out? Things are not nearly as bad as they seem to be. And you don't have to denigrate or diminish the fact that there really are bad things that happen in life. And you need to put this one thing I'm going to give you, one statement, and it's not original. I can't take credit for it. My big brother, Denny Duran, my pastor, is the one that presented this for the first time I'd ever heard it about 10 years. Let me think that through. It's longer than 10 years ago, probably 15, 16, 17 years ago. I heard him say this. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Now, in context of that, sometimes bad things happen to good people. You can't just necessarily blame anything every time something goes wrong. Sometimes there's no explanation, and we must settle with that. So don't obsess with things that you have no control over. Yeah, they may be bad things, but nothing you did and nothing you can do to change the past. It is what it is, right? Put that in the context of what we see going on over in the Middle East. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine the horror that those people are feeling over there. I read a story this morning, and I actually teared up. One 15-year-old Israeli boy yesterday buried his entire family. Every one of them had died in a rocket shot from Hamas into Israel. Now, you put that in the context of the list that you're going to make, bad things that happen. A lot of things are bad that happen to everybody throughout life. Life is a test. We all go through circumstances that are unexplainable. Maybe most of those things that we go through that are bad, we can look back and find a cause and maybe make some changes in the way we do things so that those same things don't happen again later in life. That's called learning. 
making changes when we need to make changes. But sometimes you just can't explain it. Our youngest daughter and her husband, when they got married, they waited about six years to get pregnant. Our whole family was excited when Corey, just eyes twinkling, announced that she was pregnant with a baby girl. Our son-in-law, Scott, he's a trooper. We were so proud and happy for them. Her older sister, who now has four boys. We have a great family. And kids, grandkids, and Marianne and I are soon to be great grandparents. That's a shocker. (laughs) At age 70... I'll tell you this, you may not relate to this, but at some point you'll know exactly what I mean when I tell you this. It's shocking because you never think you're old enough to be a great-grandparent. At least I didn't, and many other people I've talked to about it say the same thing. Nevertheless, a whole set of circumstances fell into that pregnancy. And to make this short, the baby had a disorder And it's got a name. I won't get into any of that stuff, but the odds of that baby living were really, really short. And sure enough, she died while she was still in the womb. And so two very good people, great Christians, servants, great family members, they hadn't done anything wrong. And they lost a baby. And so I I mentioned my old brother, Denny Duran, we walked, we we took them after we had that horrible funeral for Emerson, our granddaughter that passed away. We took them with us out to Phoenix to get away for a few days. And it just so happens while we were there, guess who we run into face-to-face in the fashion mall in Scottsdale where every man and wife that go out there, they're going to find their way into the fashion mall. I promise you, it's one of the nicest upscale malls in the nation. But nevertheless, we walk in, and guess who's there? Denny Duran and his wife, Dianza. And Denny had just finished preaching a sermon series on the providence of God. I think it was a three-part series, maybe four. And he pulls Scott, our son-in-law, to the side, and he knew this was a horrible situation for those two. He, uh, he'd been in our family their entire lives. And he pulled Scott to the side and he told him this, if you and Corey will resist the temptation to shake your fist in God's face in anger over this, he'll pay you back. And then he made this statement that I make to a lot of people that tell me and talk to me about going through some hard times they just don't understand. Sometimes bad things happen to good people, and we just got to deal with it. Sometimes bad things happen to people that have done something wrong, and you still have to deal with it. So how did they deal with it? They took his advice. 13 months later, we had twin granddaughters who are seniors in high school today. Talk about a happy ending. We're all going to have a happy ending if we have God in our lives. That's a promise, and God never breaks his word. I didn't make that promise to you. He did. Oh, my gosh, you can't miss gender. (laughs) I don't think God's going to get mad at me for saying he and his. 
<laughs> I don't mean to diminish in any way what somebody is going through right now. Identity crisis, those aren't new things, believe me. Maybe they appear a little bit differently today than they appeared to people 30 years ago, but nevertheless, it's still an issue. All that being said, sometimes we just need to absolutely walk away from an opportunity to get involved in conflict over anything that makes no sense. Nobody's going to win. Everybody in it may be innocent. Everybody in it may be guilty. But on the other side of it, you're not very often going to change somebody else's mind. What got you into it is going to be there. And sometimes we just have to learn and accept that sometimes bad things happen to good people and move on and just live life the best way we can. You want to put everything bad in your life right now in context? Think about that kid that just buried his whole family yesterday. He didn't do anything to justify a missile wiping out his whole family. Talk about change your life. As bad as things are for us, if we look around us, we're going to find somebody that things are worse for them than ours are worse to us. And if you think you're the best at whatever you're living in, look around. You're going to see somebody that's doing better. It's not about comparison. It's about what we are doing with what we have, what God has put in our lives. You may own a vast, super, super successful company. You may be the best athlete in the world. Your obligation, my obligation, is to do the best that we can with what we have on our table at any time. Sometime what's on the table is diminished. There's less of it there than we would like for there to be. Sometimes there's plenty enough for us and everybody else. Just do the best with it, the best that you possibly can. And always look at other people. There's always somebody doing worse than you. There's always somebody doing better than you. And we can make a difference in our worlds. We can find ways if we're objective and we want to do the right things. Hey, you got that for nothing <laughs> just for tuning in. Thanks for being here. I just happened to look right before I opened the microphone to start talking to you. I looked at uh, the bevy of IP addresses from the listeners this morning. Got a big group listening in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thank you for that. And of course, all of you in other parts of the United States and the world, thank you for listening in. Our pledge to you is we're going to dig. We're going to find facts and information and give it to you and then challenge you to make your own decisions based upon facts rather than what I think or someone else thinks and reports on it. We've got several examples of how that has happened in the world that have changed nations We'll get into that a little bit later on the show. But news coming out of the Middle East. We're not going to get negative and talk a lot about the Middle East stuff today, but we can't tiptoe around it. It's actually there, and we can't just act like it's not there and hope everything's going to be okay. we got to learn about it. We've got kids. We've got grandkids. They need to know the facts. A U.S. A, a defense official reported about 
a couple of one-way drones. One-way drones. Have you ever heard of them? Now, what is a one-way drone? We know what drones are. They fly over and they've got cameras, high definition. They can take pictures and live videos from thousands of feet above the ground. And they can also be carriers of bombs and missiles. One-way drones are kind of like the kamikazes were in Japan's part of the Pacific in World War II. Kamikazes, those were dive bomber jets, not jets, planes. It, It may have been some jets in there, I doubt it. But anyway, it's an airplane. And the pilot, there's one person in the plane, and when the Japanese at whatever air base or whatever aircraft carrier he is flying off of, they would bolt the cockpit. He wasn't going to get out of it. He was going to dive bomb into the enemy, and he was going to give his life for it. These one-way drones, that's what they're up there for. They're not planning on them coming home. They're not just carrying bombs or explosives. They are bombs and or explosives. Well, these two in particular were targeting a military base in Syria where we have our military station. It's unclear how many of the total, if there are any injuries or damages on the airbase. On Wednesday yesterday, the U.S. intercepted two of those drones targeting Al-Assad Air Base, where troops are located. The incident happened yesterday morning. No injuries were reported, thank God. Now, let's talk for a minute about the uh, the 900-pound gorilla in the room when we have a conversation about what's going on over there and responsibility, yada, yada, yada. And that has to do with that Gaza hospital blast that killed a bunch of people. Hamas reported it was an Israeli missile or rocket, and it killed 500 people. Well, guess what? Facts just kind of crawl all over what the reporting was, and in some cases still is, and we'll get into that in the middle. We are told that not 471 people were killed. A couple of dozen at most is what the two-day reports are saying. Now, remember when the reports came out, Whoever is the outlet that puts news in the Middle East, it was Palestinian-operated, but I don't know which outfit was the one that put it out there. Immediately, they said, Israel fired rockets into a hospital in Gaza and killed 500 people. Well, first of all, it wasn't an Israeli rocket, wasn't an Israeli missile. If you look in the rearview mirror of all the conflicts between the Muslims in the Middle East and the Jews in the Middle East and the only Jews there, the only Jewish country on the earth is Israel. They don't do that. They never got out in front and fired to kill a bunch of people purposely. They never have. It was, and evidence proves, and it's been confirmed again and again and again, that was a rocket, a rocket that belonged to another Muslim terrorist operation, and it went crazy when it was fired, and it accidentally hit that hospital. It doesn't matter who initiated it. It's a horror story. Innocent people were killed, 
as an act of war, even though it was rampant, wasn't rampant, it was an isolated event, it was a mistake, it was an accident. Now, I'm sure Hamas, when they fired that, they were hoping that it would do some damage, but not to people in a hospital. They're still going after the Israeli people that they considered to be their enemies. Israel's foreign ministry spokesman accused Palestinian authorities of lying over the death toll at that hospital. The Gaza Health Ministry said hundreds of Palestinians were killed when the blast erupted at the hospital about 7 p.m. Tuesday nighttime local, before later publishing an official number of 471. But Israeli spokesman Liar Hyatt this morning, first thing, said Israeli and U.S. intelligence suggested the number of casualties is less than 100, putting the figure at only several dozen. Now, I'm reading this report to you from a Middle East news outlet. This is not some fly-by-night Israel, if there is a fly-by-night news media over there. I'm not sure there is. But it's not somebody with a cause. This is a real media outlet. It came as European intelligence agency told AFP there wasn't 200 or even 500, more likely between 10 and 50. It's the latest point of contention in this bitter war of words between Israel and Palestine. Israel's defense forces yesterday, they put out publicly a slew of evidence that proved that a misfiring rocket fired by Palestinian Islamic Jihad, they call it PIJ, an independent jihadist group was behind that blast. The proof provided by the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, included an audio clip of Hamas terrorists confirming the rocket came from the PLJ, a video of what appears to be the rocket in question misfiring over Gaza and bird's-eye images of the blast site that didn't have the characteristics that were consistent with an Israeli aerial strike. Meanwhile, Israel's foes, Hamas, the PIJ, Hezbollah, and Iran insist the IDF was behind the devastation, and they vowed, of course, to take revenge. Anger sparked across the Muslim world yesterday, and not just the Muslim world. It was in our U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., all kinds of demonstrations, many of it evolved into pretty nasty stuff, not just around the world, but here in Washington, D.C. and elsewhere. Jordan's foreign minister said no one is buying Israel's narrative in this part of the world. The only way people would entertain a different narrative is if there was an independent international inquiry with impeccable evidence that it was not Israel. Why don't we do this? I'm not a scientist, I'm not a military expert, but I do know when bombs are released, when missiles are fired, when they explode, there's all kinds of evidence laying around on the ground that can be traced to find out where it came from, its source and what it actually is. Instead of just instigating the horror and terror around the world, the Palestinians, the Iranians, Hamas, Hezbollah, they immediately go on world media and talk about those evil Jews in Israel. How could they do this kind of stuff? That is not Israel's 
modus operandi. They don't work that way. But every one of those organizations I just named, that's the way they operate. Conduct evil, cause panic and chaos, and then blame somebody else for it. So why don't we do this? Instead of just launching another worldwide situation, which is what Islamist terrorists and Islamist terroristic countries do, instead of doing that, why don't we just try to cool our meatloaf and wait till the facts come out? And if Israel did it, it's a violation of international law for doing it. Let them be punished for what they did. And if it wasn't Israel, but someone else, how about let's do the same thing that we want to do to Israel if Israel didn't do it, why don't we do the same thing to the ones that really were guilty? Until we know that, why do we keep killing people? Pro-Palestinian protesters were arrested after hundreds of them swarmed the Capitol office building. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, are we, what, what is that called? What is that called? You know, all those Proud Boys and Oath Keepers, all those terrorist that the Democrats and Joe Biden and everybody in his administration, the FBI, the DOJ, they all say are terrorist, insurrectionists. That's what it's called, isn't it? Hundreds, we are told, of those kind of people swarm the Capitol office building. Oh my gosh, and there were a few acts of violence there. U.S. Capitol Police arrested protesters in the House Cannon Building yesterday after hundreds of pro-Palestinian demonstrators showed up demanding an end to the violence in the Gaza Strip. Since Hamas, I got to remind you always, Hamas is a Palestinian terrorist organization. Since they attacked Israel, now wait a minute, we're not hearing about any of that anymore. Nobody wants to talk about 1,200 Israeli civilians being slaughtered, many of those during the night, Saturday a week ago. What did those civilians do wrong that justified waking up being dead? And I don't, I don't know about you, but when somebody does something like that, like those horrible, evil MAGA Republicans did, on January 6th in 2021, they did that. That's an act of insurrection. And that comes with a death penalty or at best 20 years in prison. How many of these people were arrested, held, and they're waiting for a trial? Some of those, like those horrible J6 protesters, they're going to stay in jail maybe two years waiting for a trial. Protesters demonstrated outside of the White House and nearly three dozen attempted to break onto the grounds, resulting in multiple individuals being arrested by the Secret Service. The Capitol Police confirmed the arrests were ongoing since demonstrations are not allowed inside congressional buildings. Wait a minute, that means if they're not allowed, they broke the law. A Montgomery County Police Department tactical office from nearby Maryland said the Capitol Police requested them to help with the protest a couple of days ago. 
and that it was not a spontaneous insurrection. One protester shouted, if you hadn't gotten arrested, you haven't done enough. While dozens were being arrested by police, we love you, we see you, we will get justice for you. Others continued to chant, not another nickel, not another dime, no more money for Israel's crimes. Jewish Voice for Peace organized the demonstration at the Capitol Hill where hundreds of protesters could be seen with signs saying, Jews demand ceasefire, and Philly Jews say never again is now. Can you find a way to come to D.C. this week to demonstrate as Jews against genocide? That's a caption on an Instagram page. The past tells us that Israeli state atrocities against Palestinians only stop once there is sufficient mass outcry from international community. And this one takes the cake. Democrat Representative Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, she is Palestinian. She broke down in tears as she spoke to this mob. According to a video of her speech on Twitter, she said this as she cried, I continue to watch people think it's okay to bomb a hospital, she said, starting to cry as protesters chanted, shame. You know what's so hard sometimes is watching those videos and the people telling the kids, don't cry. Tlaib accused Israel of intentionally bombing a hospital in Gaza that killed 500 civilians. But the Biden administration and Israeli government believe based on intelligence, oh, how can you base an opinion on intelligence? You've got to base it on your gut feeling. Oh, and what the uh, party in charge wants you to think and feel. Intelligence shows the strike was not carried out by the Israeli military, but instead by another terror group, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Republican Rep. Randy Weber of Texas claimed that Hamas supporters had ripped down his I stand with Israel sign. That's suppression of the First Amendment. Just thought I'd throw that out. And even today, Rashida Tlaib is repeating the same claim again and again and again. We have laws against inciting riots, I believe. That's what this is turning into. At the top of the show, I warned you, be prepared and get better prepared because I think this will be a continual, everyday whip people up into a frenzy around the world. Oh, and guess what came out also yesterday? Hamas terrorists used North Korean weapons during their brutal attack on Israel. Evidence shows. They likely used North Korean weapons. Evidence including a militant video and weapons seized by Israel Now show it. North Korea has previously denied selling any arms 
to any terrorist group. One weapon at the center of the controversy used by Hamas is the F-7 rocket-propelled grenade. That's a shoulder-fired weapon that fighters typically use against armored vehicles. A video of Hamas terrorists using one of those F-7 rocket launchers has been confirmed through analysis by two experts on North Korean arms and South Korean military intelligence. That's not the United States. We're not the ones doing it. It's not the Israelis. The Associated Press also conducted an analysis of weapons captured on the battlefield. That's also not a conservative news outlet. Anything but that, as a matter of fact. These rocket launchers fire one single warhead, but can be quickly reloaded, making them valuable weapons for smaller militias and, of course, guerrilla forces that are running skirmishes against heavy vehicles. It's not a surprise to see North Korean weapons with Hamas. That's Matt Schroeder, who's a senior researcher with Small Arms Survey, who wrote a guide to Pyongyang's light weapons. In addition to that F-7 rocket launcher, Hamas propaganda videos and photos have shown its fighters with those North Korea-guided anti-tank missiles. Hamas also used North Korea's Type 58 self-loading rifle, a variant of the Kalashnikov assault rifle. A weapons expert named N.R. Jensen Jones, who works as the director of the consultancy Armament Research Services, identified it. Again, not an Israeli or U.S. entity. Jensen Jones cited imagery of the weapons that was used by Hamas terrorists. North Korea has long supported Palestinian militant groups. I didn't know that. North Korean arms have previously been documented among interdicted supplies, he said. I didn't know that either. A lot of things I don't know about war. I do know this. War is horrible. There's no way it can be sugar-coated. And the bad thing about war But everybody on any side of this whole thing has got to understand and accept the fact in war, real war, people die. All the more reason to stay out of wars. It is inevitable when war happens, people die. If you want to blame somebody about that, blame goes along with war and who started it. Drinking water is essential to your health. That's why you need to drink plenty of water to keep you hydrated throughout the day. Unlike power drinks or soft drinks, water is truly the only drink that can quench your thirst. It's an easy, refreshing way to keep your body healthy and strong. Freshen up today with a brisk, cool bottle of water. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance, and people love it. Of course, they love the savings they're going to get with Geico, but it goes beyond that. You deserve to save. (laughs) Heard that before. You deserve to save. I know. I need you to hear me. You deserve to save. I deserve to save. I mean, he has a way of making you feel seen. Bundle car and motorcycle insurance and save at geico.com.
believe in the power of friendship. Really? You guys are good. <laughs> movies, right when you want them. Watch unlimited movies instantly for only nine bucks a month from Netflix. That's so cute, it's stupid. This is your home. This is your family room, slash gym. The guest bedroom, slash music studio. The day bed, slash dog bed. The living room, slash yoga shanti, slash regional office. How did you guys do it? Slash classroom. And this is the basement, slash panic room. Maybe what your family needs is a vacation home, slash vacation home. Find yours on the Verbo app. Saying it out loud. No spin, only the truth. Again, Dan Newman. I don't know what this plays as through this entire debacle, but news came out from the Middle East that Palestinian Authority might have to compensate the families of Hamas terrorists. Now, what does that mean? What's this all about? There are growing fears among Israelis and even some Palestinians that, according to a controversial law that is aimed at rewarding Palestinians who murder Israelis in what are called nationalistic attacks, the Palestinian Authority may be uh, compelled to shell out nearly $3 million a month in compensation to the families of hundreds of Hamas terrorists who carried out the deadly massacre against Israel. According to Israeli military estimates, nearly 3,000 Hamas terrorists infiltrated into Israeli territory from the Gaza Strip. That's during that first attack back on the 7th murdering, raping, and even beheading more than 1,300 civilians and Israeli soldiers. As the IDF fought to regain control over the dozens of towns and communities that sit close to the border with the Palestinian enclave, it reportedly killed more than 1,500 of the terrorists, captured an additional 100 or more. Palestinian Media Watch, that's their media, not ours, It draws attention to Palestinian extremism, including among its leaders surmised in an article published on its website Tuesday that Palestinian Authority, the body that governs Palestinians in the West Bank, may now be obligated to pay salaries to the families of the dead terrorists and fund those who are now being held by Israel. The Palestinian Authority pays salaries to every single terrorist and to anyone who is arrested fighting Israel. That comes from Itamar Marcus, director of Palestinian Media Watch. Marcus claimed those very controversial payments, they're often referred to by critics as pay for slay, have been steadfastly defended by Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas and members of his government. And he said they're applicable to any Palestinian who dies as a martyr from any faction, including Hamas and Islamic Jihad. This is really odd. It's strange to me. The Palestinian Authority has been adamant about paying these salaries, says Marcus, adding that the payments continue to be made even though the Palestinian Authority has been forced to slash salaries across the board for all government workers 
because of an economic crisis in the Palestinian territories. That sparks protest. President Abbas has been scheduled to meet with our president in Jordan on Wednesday, but it was canceled after that blast in Gaza at that hospital Tuesday night. Palestinian news agency Wafa reported last week that Abbas had stressed the PLO, the Palestine, Palestine, whichever one you do it, liberation organization, the PLO, was the sole representative of the Palestinian people. However, he stopped short of condemning Hamas's brutal attacks. Hamas is not represented in the PLO due to an ongoing rivalry with Fatah, Abbas's political faction. Lieutenant Colonel Shal Bartal, a senior researcher at the Beguine Sadat Center for Strategic Studies at Bar Ilan University, that's right outside Tel Aviv, said it was unlikely the Palestinian Authority would find the money to extend this policy to the families of such a big number of terrorists. Right now, the Palestinian Authority does not have the money to pay them, even if they wanted to. And Abbas has already said that what Hamas did does not represent the Palestinian people. Now, wait a minute. I thought that's what this was about. The disenfranchised, the put down, the ones that Israel has captive and just keeps them put down and controls every segment of their life. He added that due to the fire financial situation up in the West Bank, the PA has already ceased paying salaries to employees in the Gaza Strip. Marcus pointed out that However, following the 2014 war between Israel and Hamas in Gaza, in which a big number of Palestinian terrorists were killed, residents in Gaza demanded the Palestinian Authority extend the compensation to them. You got a question about why and what, any of that, about any issue, especially one like this? Follow the money. That'll tell you pretty much what you need to know every single time when you're looking at an incident or a war or skirmish, protest, get out of hand, follow the money. Meanwhile, back at home, yesterday afternoon, I didn't see it. I heard about it and I looked it up and I wanted you to hear it. The five yesterday stated that Iran wants Israel warns Israel of another what they said is going to be a shockwave. Iran continuing to issue new threats against Israel after the Gaza hospital blast. The Iranian embassy in Syria tweeting that time is up in both Hebrew and Arabic. And a top Iranian commander threatened that Israel will face another shockwave of attacks. President Biden could have said something about the radical regime, but he made no mention of Iran during his speech today in Israel. How could he? Instead, he issued this vague threat. A message to any state or any other hostile actor thinking about attacking Israel remains the same as it was a week ago. Don't. 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 Dana, is he referring to Alec Baldwin? (laughs) I mean, maybe we'll find out one day why they're so reluctant to actually say the word. Do you remember when... There's six billion reasons. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do you remember during the Obama administration when they would never say radical Islamic mm-hmm. terrorism and then reporters would ask them every day, 
why won't you call it that? And they just refused to do it. And everybody knew what they were talking about. It's like, we all know that we're talking about Iran. Also, do you remember three weeks ago when the traffic in New York was absolutely terrible? Mm -hmm. Do you know one of the reasons? Because the UN General Assembly was here. And guess who else was here? Well, we had invited the Iranians to come. Mm -hmm. And what else did we do on that day? We gave them their, the hostages back. We did the trade. And the $6 billion was unfrozen. And at this point, I'm thinking that they were just probably laughing all the way to the bank because they knew Somebody there had to have known that this was at least going on, or they're at least they are funding it. Yeah. And we have been the mugs for it. Plus, they are this close to having a nuclear weapon. And Israel is not going to stand for that. Yeah. And neither should we. Yeah, Judge, it's like uh, this White House can't be trusted with Iran, given the fact, didn't they have like a mole in there in the White House? Or <laughs> that admit? guy named Mally? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they have made so many mistakes. They've undone so many things. Well, you know, you don't even have to dig that deep, Greg. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, has anyone uh, pulled back the $6 billion? They're watching it like hawks, though. <laughs> They're watching it like a hawk. Look, Iran believes that we will continue to appease Hamas, and that's what Biden did. He went over there, said, I got $100 million for the Palestinians, and Israel, make sure Hamas gets it. Mm -hmm. oh, I mean, make sure the Palestinian gets it and Hamas doesn't interrupt, okay? The bottom line is Iran saying time is up or it's over is basically saying, We've got them cooking. Hezbollah's cooking. We've got the, the world believing that you bombed a hospital. We've changed the narrative. Everybody forgot you were cutting heads off a baby and burning people alive. And now we're the winners. So mm -hmm. it's time to hit. Yeah. In the green room, Harold, you said, hey, <laughs> Iran's not so bad. And then you walked away with a brand new Persian rug. <laughs> Again, I, I don't remember all of that. So I, I would say this. I have a slightly different opinion. If you know that you are uh, the person that everybody wants to, to name and they don't name you, mm -hmm. if you think you're the person everybody wants, and I belittle it so in such a small way, you're the person everyone wants to date and no one asks you out, the Iranians are having to identify themselves as the culprit here. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The leader of the free world went to Israel, looked right at them in the camera, and didn't call their names out. And guess who felt little? The Iranians, mm -hmm. they had to they had to tweet or what do you call it? Exit mm -hmm. to say we're here. Time is up. We know where you are. That's an interesting. And the president of the United mm. States told you mm. on his most recent oh, trip. Harold. Well, Harold okay. is well, that's wow. a way to look at you it. You know what the White House is doing right now? Like, dang, did you see what Harold said? Maybe we should. <laughs> that, that should be our spin. Or our president. That's what oh, yeah. Oh. Jesse, um, why should we listen to Iran? Who can, I mean, them threatening Israel. <laughs> Israel's like, so what? What can you do that hasn't already been done to us? Well, they do talk tough, but they can use proxies to mm -hmm. harass them and from the north and the south. And besides rugs, they have pistachios, one oh. of their best exports. Yes. The, the oil sanctions, Joe Biden took them off because we needed oil prices stabilized after the Ukraine war. And then the six billion, the hostage swap. We have ships that go past them. They never, ever respond to all the pot shots the Iranians take. And then we're paying their proxies. We're paying them billions. I, and they're begging to get back in the nuke deal. So right now, I wouldn't do anything to the Iranians. I would just, I would squeeze them. I would, I would, I would slap those uh, missile uh, limitations back on. But if they attack anywhere, through Hezbollah or through Hamas, again, you let the Israelis take care of it. You do not strike Iran right now. Unless they kill Americans in Iraq, then you do something. But I wouldn't go gung-ho into Tehran. They, they just they, killed Americans they did. in Israel. 
I, I understand. I'm saying if, if they launch missiles from their soil into Israel or hits a base with U.S. soldiers in Iraq or so, anywhere, then you go in. But right now, I think you have them contained. You have Iran, Iran, you have Iran contained? I wouldn't strike Iran unilaterally right now at all. I think that's a very bad idea. All right. I agree with you there. There you go. The five. It's interesting when you get a bunch of people around a table, differing backgrounds. I mean, you, you've watched the five. You know who the players are there. Dana, Dana has really come out of her shell. When she was the White House press secretary during the Bush 43 second four years as president, she came out of that situation and she was, and she still is, a little bitty lady. And I misgendered her. I, I get that. I apologize to her if it gets back to her that I did that. But nevertheless, she's small. And when she went to Fox, she had to learn how to be a flower and to bloom and just turn into someone that she is. She is a great news person, news anchor, one of the best at Fox, by the way, in my opinion. And it's not because she's attractive. It's because she says what's factual. And she brings integrity to this position because she was in that very thing that everybody is talking about. She was in the White House, and she heard and saw everything that went on in the second term of Bush 43. She was in the middle of it all. So she understands things. Why am I telling you this? Whenever I'm watching and I hear her in her daytime show, when I'm walking through and the office and looking at what's on television and she happens to be there, I'm going to stop every time and listen to what she has to say because she knows how the game is played. She played it. And when I hear her say what she just said, that was some pretty heavy advice that she came out with. Anyway, we're going to hear from some more folks during this show today. But let me tell you, we are going to give to you, maybe publish it later today at truthnewsnet.org. If not today, you can look early tomorrow morning. And what it is, I'll give you the title of what we're going to give to you, what's known about the Gaza hospital blast as Hamas claims unravel. And the contents of this will include evidence, factual information. Now, why would you go to all that trouble to do this? Listen, you understand that we are about to get into a world war using the allegations made against Israel as a basis and justification for trying to once again come up with a way to wipe Israel off the map. And they're lying. They planted information. They've got their uh, sycophants around the world believing it, not listening to evidence, wanting to, as they always do, destroy Israel. Make no mistake about it. That's part one of what this whole thing is about. What's part two? Get rid of the United States of America. Destroy the USA. I think they're much further along towards getting rid of Israel than they are the U.S., but isn't it kind of implausible to believe that these people think and are confident, they, only, they not only think it, they're confident 
that they can destroy the United States of America. Now, don't diminish that. Don't dismiss it. You need to understand there's a whole different way of thinking for these people from the Middle East, these radical Muslims, these leaders, and those who follow them benignly, they'll believe and do anything leadership tells them to do. It's real. And we need to understand death is not nearly as big a deal for those people in the way they think of death as it is for people from the West. And I'm including all of our cohorts across Europe and South America and Canada and even parts of the Middle East and Southeast Asia and Australia. We've got to understand, we've got to learn who the foe is that we're facing now or are going to face on some type of battlefield in the near future. We just need to know what's coming our way. Our president was over there in Israel. I still don't understand why he got on a plane and flew over there. Part of what he was supposed to do was participate in a four-way summit. And while he was there or on the way, the leaders, the other three people in this, decided to cancel it. He was supposed to meet with Jordan's King Abdullah II, Egyptian President Abdel Fattah el-Sisi, and Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas. Jordan's foreign minister, Ayman Safadi, announced the cancellation of that summit. Tensions in the region escalated after that following that airstrike that hit the hospital in Gaza and that was supposedly the number one reason for the cancellation. When he was speaking to state-run Al-Malaki television, Mr. Savadi expressed concern that the Israel-Hamas conflict was pushing the Middle East to the brink, and as a result, they postponed the summit. The meeting was planned to be held in Amman, Jordan, following President Biden's visit to Israel, The White House said Tuesday night en route to Tel Aviv that the cancellation was decided in a mutual way. Horse hockey. They told Biden, we ain't meeting with you because you're supporting Israel. We're not stupid. There was a general feeling, we're told, that not going to Amman was the right thing to do. That, of course, came from the White House National Security Council spokesman, Admiral John Kirby, speaking to reporters aboard Air Force One on the way to Israel. The White House intended to use this summit as a platform to talk about the recent Hamas terrorist attacks on Israel. Now, there were no terrorist attacks on Israel. Israel attacked Hamas. Israel attacked Gaza, right? (laughs) There are millions of people on earth that when they look to the left and the leftist news sources, including from news sources like MSNBC and CNN, they're told, they saw it, they heard it, Israel started this whole thing. One senior Palestinian official confirmed Mr. Abbas's withdrawal from the summit. The strike caused carnage everywhere. We know that. We're talking about that missile thing. The hospital was engulfed in fire, and bodies, including those of children, were strewn across the grounds 
along with blankets and belongings, and there's video footage that shows it. But, as we said this morning, facts come out, and there weren't 471 deaths. It was in the dozens. The evidence shows. Now, will any of these activists around the world believe that? No, they don't believe anything. Anything that would make Israel seem to be not the antagonist that the Middle Eastern, Iran, Hamas, all of the Islam terrorist operations think, it's going to be everywhere. And they have one cause, one purpose for what they do. Get people ramped up, angry, willing to go to war, willing to sacrifice their own lives to beat the Zionist and wipe them from the face of the earth. That, of course, would be Israel. We're learning new things every day, and there's nothing wrong with learning new things. But sometimes I ask this question, why do we have to deal with these things? Why don't people just make a pact that we're all human, we're all going to make mistakes, sometimes we'll do it purposely. But we got to live on the same earth. we got to share it. So why don't we just understand sometimes we're going to disagree and we may not be able to work through the issues that we have with each other. But at least we can say, look, we feel this way, you feel that way, we're going to let you alone. You do the things that you need as long as you're not breaking international law, we're going to do the same thing and we expect to be held accountable for us and our abiding by international law, human rights, etc. But we understand we live on earth. We have common foes, people that don't think like we do. And we need to be united to stop all of these other entities, countries, factions that are breaking international law all, all the time. We need to be in unison to make sure we're making sure that other people are doing what they're supposed to and not killing other people just randomly for the sake of killing other people. One thing came out overnight that kind of surprised me a bit. The U.S. ambassador to the United Nations said the text of a resolution, a U.N. humanitarian resolution on Israel-Hamas conflict, the U.N. said the text of the resolution failed to clearly condemn Hamas and affirm Israel's right of self-defense, so we vetoed it. Good for you. I'm glad we took a stand. It was at the United Nations Security Council resolution meeting yesterday, and that statement would have called for humanitarian pauses with the intention of allowing for life-saving supplies to be flown into the Gaza Strip. Israel has vowed to take out Hamas, while the Iranian Ministry of Foreign Affairs on Monday this week claimed that Hamas is ready to release all of its hostages, all of them that are held captive in the Gaza Strip, if Israel agreed to end its campaign of airstrikes on the coastal enclave. Now let's put that in context just for a second. Regardless of what anybody wants to say and maintain, in this particular conflict, 
Israel was attacked in the middle of the night, no notice whatsoever, and at least 1,200 Israelis were slaughtered, some of them in the most brutal ways that we've ever seen or heard from. And anybody on earth, Joe Biden, our Secretary of State too, they urged Israel not to retaliate. Come on now, what would we do in the United States if the same thing with the same circumstances happened? You think for one minute that during the middle of the night, let's just say in, oh, I don't know, Southern California, Southern California, North Korea slipped in there with a bunch of missiles and rockets and slaughtered 1,500, maybe 2,000, maybe only 500 Californians in the middle of the night, unprovoked. They just did it. What would we do? Now, wait a minute. When I asked that question, I knew one, one of the, somebody out there, some of you were thinking, <laughs> we wouldn't do anything <laughs> under this administration. You're probably right. But nevertheless, the crux of the matter is when that happens, especially the slaughter that happened, and there is a plethora of evidence, I got to say that every time I bring this up, there is lots of evidence that proves that what is alleged actually happened. Slaughters, butchery, thuggery on the part of Hamas. Islamic terrorists, they did that. It's one thing to ask Israel not to retaliate. But it's another thing to think that Israel is evil just because they're pushing back against the slaughter of their citizens. Sponsored by the Brazilian delegation, 12 of the 15 members on the United Nations Security Council voted in favor of the resolution. Linda Thomas-Greenfield, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., was the only member of the council to directly vote against this resolution. Russia and the United Kingdom sustained from the vote. I don't understand that. Why wouldn't the U.K. join the United States? We're supposed to be allies. The U.S., China, France, Russia, the U.K., are the five permanent members of the United Nations Security Council. Each one has veto power over any resolution brought before the 15-member body. Ms. Greenfield's singular no vote in effect stopped this humanitarian pause resolution from moving forward. So in a press statement, Greenfield said the text of the resolution failed to clearly affirm Israel's right to self-defense. The U.S. is disappointed this resolution made no mention of Israel's right of self-defense. Like every nation in the world, she said, Israel has the inherent right of self-defense as reflected in Article 51 of the United Nations Charter. Following previous terrorist attacks by groups like Al-Qaeda and ISIS, this council reaffirmed that right. This text should have gone down doing the same thing. Good for them. 
I think we did something right. So what do we still have ahead for you today? Well, we've got a very well-known, well-thought-of retired general that weighed in on all of the way our president is handling this whole situation. And I think you'll probably believe it when I tell you this general's opinion is President Biden's got it dead wrong. You're going to hear from him. We have a bunch of other things that we need to get into. And Joe Biden has done something without anybody else knowing it that is unconstitutional. No previous president has ever tried to do it. And he got caught. That's all just ahead. The verdict is in. Judge Steve Harvey is a hilariously good time. What do you think she spent the money on? Lipo and a butt job. You got as long as you need to respond to that. Judge Steve Harvey, new Tuesday on ABC. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents a word from your wallet. Are we at the gas station? Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices, too. I'm the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save 19 cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to 6 cents a gallon. Wow, that sure adds up. (laughs) Fat wallets are very in right now. Right now, Motorcraft air filter replacement is just $19.95 or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as 10%. Well, done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, you're typically pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the... Uh, 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 uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years. Money-saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today. Great Shadow Legends. I mean... <laughs> you pick your champions, they're glorious, and their shields, oh, they glisten like uh, wet otters. But the bad guys, they're Lovecraftian, they're spooky, they're um, um, big. And then you go to battle, and it's like... And finally, your foe is vanquished, and that satisfaction is such a primal feeling. Ooh, Download Raid Shadow Legends. Play for free. Ready to take your Jenga skills to the next level? If you're an all-star at building towers and balancing blocks, then build up the competition in new Jenga Maker. Play in teams to finish first and claim the crown. Jenga and new Jenga Maker. Reach the top of your game, each sold separately. The Speaker of the House lies. The media swear to it. The President of the Senate obstructs. The media are all over the place, but totally divorced from the truth. So let's get back to navigating this Stygian River with, again, Dan Newman. Well, 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 here we are. We're in the middle of all kinds of things. And guess what? We don't know very much about what we're in the middle of. I mean, it's kind of like we know things aren't right. Things don't smell right. They don't feel right. They don't seem to be right. Typically, when we all feel that way, or most of us feel that way, guess what? We're right. (laughs) It's not right. A lieutenant general came out yesterday and explained some things to us. We don't really know because of the military stuff, the ramifications of all the back and forth between nations, leaders, when this kind of stuff happens. But this retired general, went on the record and said, all of this, all of this, the stuff we're doing, we're going down a really, really bad road. Retired General Keith Kellogg joins me now. General, 
If a second front opens up in Israel and threatens to overwhelm the IDF, what should our military role be? Yeah, Stuart, well, thanks for having me. Look, if a, if a northern front opens, and that's with Hezbollah, that is an Iranian surrogate. And the Iranian has their hands all over it. There needs to be a preemption. And what I mean by a preemption is I'm hoping that the Biden administration is reaching out to Iran through surrogates and say, if you do that, you are now party to this conflict. And the reason we have two carrier battle strike groups sitting there, or soon we'll have two there, including the Batan Arg Amphibious Ready Group, is we can reach out and touch you. And it's not by aircraft necessarily, but on board those two task forces, they've got uploaded with guided missile cruisers and guided missile destroyers around 600 Tomahawk clan attack missiles. Those ranges over 1,500 meter, 1,500 miles. They can reach Tehran. They can reach Fordo Nuclear Facility. They can reach and touch Iran when they want to. And we need to tell them, if you're involved, we know your, hand, your fingerprints are all over this, don't do it. And that gives Israel a backstop. It allows them to go into, into Gaza and handle Hamas. Yes. They've done this before, Stuart, in 2014. They only lasted about a month. This time they need to go in and clean Hamas out. But, but, but General, the Iranians would have to believe that our commander-in-chief would order that kind of Tomahawk missile strike into Iran, and they may yes. not believe it. Yeah, Stuart, you just hit, that's the $64,000 question. Do you have the will to do it? You can have the greatest military in the world, but if you haven't got the will to pursue, then you've got a problem. Look, I'd remind everybody, 30 Americans are dead, over 19 are held hostage right now. When, in our last administration, when we were there, they killed one American and we took out Soleimani. Right. Clearly a message was sent. We were willing to drop gloves, to use a hockey term. This president does as well. And he needs to send that message and he needs to follow up with force. That's a, you have a great concern. So do I. Will they really do that if something happens? Or we'll try to go, well, we need to mediate. We need to let them try to figure out how to go to a peace uh, agreement. They shouldn't. Hamas is a terrorist group. They need to finish them off. They need to clear it out. And it's going to be a tough fight General, by them going in. But it's going to be a fight they have to do. Quick response to this one. U.S. defense officials say we downed two drones that tried to strike a base in Iraq that houses American soldiers. Is the war, the widening war, has it already started? Well, we've been at war with basically Iran ever since, you know, two decades ago. And we need to understand that. These are the messages, Stuart, we need to send to them. If you kill an American... We are coming for you, and we need to do that, and we need to pr prosecute that. So if those drones, which they probably did, came out of Iran, or they came out of Iranian surrogates inside uh, Iraq, then we need to let them know that we're coming for them. And they have to believe that message. I'm not too sure, unfortunately, they believe that message now. And here's why. Because they restarted funding. They, they tried to normalize relations with Iran. We backed away from that. They funded the Palestinian Authority. But we took money away from that. Remember, there's an act called the Taylor Force Act that restricted any money going to the Palestinian Authority because it's called pay for slayers. We took that money away in the last administration, and we need to, and this administration reinstated that. And then this normalization of Iran and U.S. relations is a huge mistake. Iran's a terrorist state. They chant, like they did 12 days ago, death to America, death to Israel. Remember, Golda Meir a few years ago said, when an opponent says they want to kill you, believe them. And we need to believe them. General Keith Kellogg, thanks for being with us, General. Always appreciate it. Thank it, you, sir. You know, I consider when you listen 
to somebody, talk, when you're talking about a particular topic and you go find somebody that's an expert in that particular topic and you bring them in, don't you think people should be listening? If it's a leadership issue, you would think that this person who was successful in leadership in that area, when they say it, you would think that whoever in this administration is responsible for the same area or a similar part, they'd listen and take what they're hearing and be objective about potentially making it part of what their policy is. That doesn't happen in the Joe Biden administration. Joe Biden has for decades, he continually claims that he's a foreign policy expert. Bob Gates, Robert Gates, I know you've heard the name, former director of the CIA. Uh, He was secretary of defense. He's been around and he understands and knows a lot of things about what's going on now in the Middle East firsthand. I'll never forget this as long as I live. Even before Joe Biden was running for president, when discussions were that that was a possibility, Gates made this statement. He said, I've known Joe Biden for 50 years. Every foreign policy that Joe Biden has ever made, every single one, he was wrong every time. Now, that's pretty heavy. And so as we look at Joe Biden and Israel, because don't think for a second, he doesn't have any face-to-face history with Israel until his presidency began. Oh, no. He was vice president under Barack Obama for eight years. Tons of interactions with Israel in that. He should have learned a lot. But he just continues to mess up American foreign policy. It's almost like he goes through and looks at it and says, you know what, I want to find the worst decision that I could possibly make. And I'm going to make it that way. He's got a buttload full of bad stuff and bad choices he's made in his rearview mirror. Let's look at a few of them. Some of the key lowlights from his professional uh, political career. Number one, trying to revive the Iran nuclear deal, JCPOA. He spent most of his first term trying to revive this disastrous Iran nuclear deal. And he's done so over the objections of allies, Saudi Arabia, and Israel. This deal wasn't very popular when it was put together in 2015, probably only took effect because the Washington political establishment wanted to give Obama and Biden a win, a victory. So since he's been president, Biden has allowed Iran to make progress towards becoming a nuclear power. The UN nuclear watchdog found earlier this year that Iran has enriched uranium to almost weapons-grade status. By the way, Iran wants to wipe Israel off the map. Biden is helping it make progress towards nuclear weapons. What else? Funding the funders of terrorism. This may be the worst decisions that he has made. He restored funding to Iran and Palestinian organizations that had been frozen by Trump because of objections that the funding could easily be diverted to terrorism. 
since Hamas's terror attacks that killed those 1,400 a week and a half ago, Biden has refused to freeze $6 billion that we, the United States, had recently unfrozen in a hostage deal. But we're told hey, it hasn't yet reached Iran. And as we all know, money's fungible. That money will be in, in uh, a terrorism support project at some point, even if it's left pocket, right pocket kind of stuff. They'll leave that $6 billion there if they can't get their hands on it, but they know it's out there. So they'll go spend $6 billion over this out of this pocket, knowing that that other is up there. Recall this, that the Obama-Biden administration also sent Iranians $400 million in cash delivered on a cargo pallet as part of a $1.7 billion payment. I've never been able to find how they're doing that was constitutional. But I'm just a guy down in Louisiana. In a piece arguing that Biden doesn't care about national security, who sends pallets of cash to people who want the U.S. and Israel to be wiped off the map? Who does that? Uh, Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Next. Bad decisions, staffing the Pentagon with fake experts who are compromised, by the way, by Iran. The journalist who broke that explosive story, the pallets of cash story, Jay Solomon, today he's hot on what is shaping up to be another Iran Joe Biden bombshell. Biden's Iran envoy, Robert Malley, who was previously the chief negotiator for the 2015 Iran nuclear deal, his security clearance was suspended. Why? Now this is a guy going to be in the going to be in the the cabinet of the president. It was suspended for allegedly mishandling classified information. The FBI's investigating him right now over his handling of state secrets. Biden wants him in the cabinet. A recently uncovered cache of emails showed that several top aides to Mali, including one now working in the Pentagon, by the way, were compromised by an Iranian influence operation dating all the way back to 2014. What else has Joe done wrong? Well, he bungled the Afghanistan withdrawal. Iran began planning the attack on Israel just days after the U.S. withdrew from Afghanistan. We find out now. Not only did the catastrophe there seemingly embolden Iran, it potentially armed terrorists who attacked Israel. Reports claim that abandoned U.S. weapons, you remember all of those at Bagram Air Base? Billions of dollars worth of weapons. A bunch of that weaponries ended up in the hands of Hamas. The next one, alienating Saudi Arabia. This one just infuriated me. The one thing Donald Trump did best was he went immediately after being elected. You remember this meeting he had in the Middle East with every Muslim country's leaders at one time? And it happened in Saudi Arabia. And he, in his four years, Donald Trump, nobody can credibly disagree with this, 
He put the Abraham Accords together singularly. And many of these Middle Eastern countries that never got along with U.S. leadership, never, they were anti-everything United States. They all came together and began to, one nation at a time, sign into the Abraham Accords which was going to keep all these nations together, working with us, working with each other in every area that really needed to be handled. I just can't believe he did that. And on top of that, he snubbed Netanyahu. This is so trivial. I hate to even bring it up. It sounds like uh, first or second grade kind of stuff. After Netanyahu became Israel's prime minister last year, Biden spent months snubbing Netanyahu. He did it all in the name of democracy, of course. He took three days to condemn Hamas on this recent mess. That's the worst attack, the one they're dealing with right now. Worst attack on Jews since the Holocaust, World War II. It took our president three full days to condemn Hamas. He did have time in the interim to host a barbecue at the White House that had a live ban. Next, he pushed for a U.S. consulate for Palestinians in Jerusalem. That is ridiculous. The Biden administration announced it would illegally open a consulate for Palestinians in Jerusalem. You can't do that in another country. We can't force any country to do anything regarding putting a consulate in there for another country or another uh, so-called terrorist operation. Of course, Israel laughed in his face. Biden eventually backed off the decision because of the backlash from Israel. Moving to defund Israeli academic institutions in the West Bank. What's that about? Biden moved to reverse a decision by Trump that would allow federal funding to go to Israeli academic institutions in the West Bank. Biden reversed it. He reversed that decision to allow federal funding to go to Israeli academic institutions in the West Bank. Next, rejoining the anti-Israel UN organizations like UNESCO and the UN Rights Council. He returned the U.S. to UNESCO which claims Israel illegally occupies part of Jerusalem. He also joined, wait a minute, I was in Jerusalem. I was on the Temple Mount, which is where the Mosque of Omar is. That's where we are told that the Jewish temple was, that was torn down. It's a holy site. What Joe Biden apparently doesn't understand is when they had that last big war and Israel won, Israel went to its fellow countries in the area, in the region that were part of that war. And they said, we want to share this holy place with all of you. 
Each one of them owns four different countries on a part of that temple mount in downtown Jerusalem. They didn't have to do that. Nobody in the United States brokered that. Benjamin Netanyahu is the one that put that deal together. As Biden went to Israel on Air Force One, First Lady Jill Biden hosted a celebration at the White House. Doing what? Marking the U.S. return to the anti-Israel UNESCO. The U.N. is perhaps best known for its feckless, its anti-Israel resolutions. A recent one declared the country's founding, Israel's founding, a catastrophe. Naturally for Joe Biden, he's engaged with it more than his pro-Israel predecessor. How do you get in bed with terrorists if you're the president of the United States? That's beyond comprehension. Telling Israel that only zero casualties were acceptable in a war against terrorists. And he did that. As he was flying to Israel after the devastating Hamas terror attacks, 1,200 more than that. We don't even know how many Americans it killed. We think 31. Well, that's not as bad as 9-11. You know, we had 3,000 Americans killed in. Look. If you think it's okay for one American to be killed by a terrorist, you need to move somewhere else. There is no way to justify that. As he flew to Israel in the wake of this attack, John Kirby, Admiral John Kirby, Security Council spokesman, told reporters that zero civilian casualties were acceptable. Now, when you start a war... And you kill, you slaughter 1,200 people of your enemy country. You don't go on the other side and tell them, well, we need to have a ceasefire. It's all over. You can't do that. First of all, you'd be laughed at if any leader of any country you were saying that to, wait a minute, wait a minute. This country just slaughtered 1,200 civilians, and you're expecting me not to retaliate? That's what Joe Biden did. When a reporter on Air Force One asked Kirby if the Biden White House gave Israel the benefit of the doubt when it said it had nothing to do with the explosion that killed those civilians at the hospital in Gaza, despite detailed evidence pointing to a rocket misfired by a Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Kirby wouldn't answer the question. Oh, we can't get those terrorists in the Middle East. We can't get them riled up. We got to support them. And then the worst one of all, so far, I'm sure he's got, what, a year and a half left? He's going to have some that probably are worse. He appointed Jack Lew as the United Nations ambassador. Now, who is Jack Lew? Former Treasury Secretary. Lew has defended Obama's administration policies that were hostile in every way toward Israel. He defended the JCPOA, that's that contract with Iran that Trump ended, but that gave them a green light to build the nuclear weapon. He defended Obama's decision not to veto a UN Security Council resolution condemning Israeli settlements. More recently, Jack Lew criticized Donald Trump's decision 
to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem, a decision that led to the Abraham Accords we just talked about. Best unity, unifying situation in world history in the United Nations. And Jack Lew was against it. Joe Biden wants the Israeli people to accept him as our ambassador to their nation. This stuff is crazy. I have no clue what these people are thinking about when they do these things, when they say these things. And we still haven't got to the incident that I told you we are going to get into in which Joe Biden made an unconstitutional decision on something. You're not going to believe this. I tell you what, we'll get into that next. Out for some lays and you face a test. Which tasty chip will be the best? Sour cream and onion, smoky barbecue. Cheddar, sour cream, salt and vinegar too. You sample them all because the crisp is so good on your lips. Yeah. You left your wallet at home. But now you have a new best friend. The many flavors of Lay's chips. One taste and you're in love. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of Craftsman. Northern Tool and Equipment. My girlfriend has given me a pet name. I'm afraid to ask. Snuggle Muffin. No, it isn't. And she uses it in public. Okay, so give your girlfriend a pet name she'll hate, like uh, Thunder Chunky. I couldn't do that. I see. Too harsh for Snuggle Muffin. Okay. Drown her out with a 200-mile-per-hour cordless leaf blower. Got it. Here she comes. Hey, Snuggle Muffin. What are you doing, Snuggle? Snuggle! I am so out of here. Wait, come back, Thunder Chunky. There's no problem a little horsepower can't solve. Northern Tool and Equipment. How hard is it to unlock your car? Not hard. How hard is it to shut your car door? Not hard. How hard is it to start your car? Not hard. How hard is it? to put your seatbelt on. People are still dying in car accidents because they were not wearing a seatbelt, which is stupid because it's not that hard. Smarten up, buckle up. Think road safety, a message from the government of South Australia. In a world of fake news, the truth will out. Truthnewsnet.org. Dan Newman. Sometimes it takes a little longer than we'd like. But truth is going to show out just simply because truth exists in a vacuum. My buddy, one of our very faithful listeners to this show, James Posey, um, I didn't hear from him the first couple of days of the week. Normally, he'll at least comment. He'll uh, listen and make a statement, maybe sometimes just calling to say hello. And I wondered where he was. He's at the Redneck Riviera. <laughs> now, if you're not from the South, you may not know what that is. That's the Northwest part of Florida. And 
if you've never been, folks, you've never seen anywhere in the United States sand and water combined like it is there. It's crystal white sand. And I wondered why other other beaches, some not even very far from that particular part, Pensacola and Destin, Florida, you go a little bit to the west and the sand gets browner and browner, water gets browner and browner, but not so much in Destin in that part of northwest Florida. It's because years ago, many, many years ago, before you and I were even thought of, a river came down bringing with it bleached white sand. And it is spectacular. James just sent me a text. (laughs) First time. I've gotten a text from him in a few days. And he said, can you believe that? (laughs) Talking about Jack Lou. Let me tell you this. This is going to blow your mind. This, my friends, illustrates what Joe Biden and the leftist Democrats are all about. And I'll sum it up in one short sentence. They're saying to the American people is this, screw the U.S. Constitution. Republicans in the Senate, when they found out about this, they're going absolutely nuts And what is it about? Joe Biden over, he overruled the confirmation that would not be confirmed by somebody to serve in the Biden cabinet. He made her anyway, even though, now remember, this is in the context of there being a Democrat majority in the Senate. Biden couldn't get this person confirmed by the Senate to be the Secretary of Labor. So what's the first thing he did? This is this is unbelievable. I can't believe he did it. He named her Acting Secretary of Labor, Julie Sue. So he made her Acting Secretary of Labor until she could be confirmed. She ain't going to be confirmed. And I don't know the circumstances, but I do know the Constitution gives the sole right of a cabinet member in any presidential administration, any appointee in the government, has got to be confirmed by the U.S. Senate. Why is that? Because the Senate is the representatives of the people. That's why the Constitution works so well. So this has been bubbling up behind the scenes. And I heard a little bit about it, but not much. So yesterday, a group of senators sent a letter to the president. It was done by GOP Senator Katie Britt, 29 of her Republican Senate colleagues. They expressed their grave concerns, and they asked Biden to clarify why he did what he did and his apparent belief that Sue, Julie Sue, this person that he appointed that can't be confirmed, why she is eligible to assume the office of President of the United States 
pursuant to the presidential line of succession. And what are you talking about, Dan? Listen to this, folks. She isn't part of the government. She hasn't been part of the government. He created a name and a title for her to keep her hanging around. But listen to what he did. I'll just give you the letter. Let me just do that. The letter says this, as you are well aware, Mr. President, since March 14, 2023, the U.S. Senate has declined to confirm Ms. Sue's nomination as Secretary of Labor, and she continues to lack adequate support from both Republican and Democrat members of the Senate to be confirmed to that position. Despite that reality, and Ms. Sue becoming the longest ever cabinet nominee to await confirmation in a time when the same party controls the White House and the Senate? The White House has chosen to keep her in place as acting Secretary of Labor on an indefinite basis. That's not the bad part. Here's the bad part. They, the White House, now list her on the White House website as a member of the cabinet in order of succession to the presidency. Now, what the heck is this about? They have her listed ninth in the order of succession to the presidency on the website of Joe Biden's White House. She previously served, by the way, as California's labor secretary under Gavin Newsom from 2019 to 2021. The letter went on to say this. While you and your administration have clearly decided to ignore, first, congressional intent in keeping Ms. Sue in place in her current role, it would be unfortunate if you have decided to further discount congressional intent and, by the way, violate the law by taking the position that Ms. Sue is eligible for placement in the presidential line of succession. So they pointed to the 25th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. The senators reminded the president that Congress has, quote, the power to set the presidential line of succession beyond the vice president. It belongs solely to the U.S. Senate. And the letter continued, as Ms. Sue has failed to be appointed by And with the advice and consent of the Senate as Secretary of Labor, we strongly urge the White House to clarify its position and its views regarding Ms. Sue's eligibility for the presidential line of succession and in the event it was to become necessary to assume the presidency, they wrote. It's unimaginable to think that your administration believes someone who has neither been duly elected nor confirmed to the Senate to the position of Secretary of Labor, could be President of the United States. Suggesting that Ms. Sue is eligible to be in the presidential line of succession is anti-ethical to our system of governance and the bedrock principles on which our republic rests. And they weren't done. The Biden administration continues to attempt to rule by unilateral decree rather than govern with the advice and consent of Congress. Ms. Sue doesn't even have adequate support for members of her own party 
to be confirmed as Secretary of Labor. In sum, the Biden administration is now seemingly asserting both that it can freely ignore the will of the Senate by keeping Ms. Sue in place indefinitely as acting secretary and that Ms. Sue could instantaneously ascend from her current role to serve as President of the United States. President Biden should immediately clarify whether he believes someone who has neither been elected by the people nor approved by the people's elected reps as a member of the cabinet could assume the presidency. I would say this is unbelievable, but it's not. I mean, it's just another day in the life of Joe Biden. GOP senators is accused, they have accused Sue of stonewalling their request for information on her support for more regulations on gig work in California. And a memo sent during her tenure as the state's top labor official that instructed state employees not to cooperate with ICE officials looking for undocumented migrants. The this is among the reasons that she has not been confirmed as Secretary of Labor. She has avoided answering questions whenever possible. She's refrained from providing distinct specificity to her answers when she's responded to inquiries. Given this present state of affairs, we respectfully urge you to withdraw her nomination. He didn't do it. He said, forget that. Hey, we'll just put you as acting labor secretary and everything will be fine. The nomination of Sue, who's been serving as acting secretary since Marty Walsh resigned back in March, was narrowly approved by the Senate Health Education Labor and Pension Committee in April, but she's not received a vote by the full Senate where it's unlikely Sue would be confirmed. So who wrote this letter? Well, in addition to Britt, Senator Britt authored this letter. It was signed by Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, Senate GOP Whip John Thune, Senate GOP Conference Chair John Barrasso, Republican Policy Committee Chair Joni Ernst, Vice Chair of the Senate Republican Conference Shelley Moore Capito. But this once again proves the rule of law. The rule of law means nothing to Joe Biden. Absolutely nothing. And they, and I'm when I say they, I'm talking about Joe Biden, Barack Obama, every other hardcore leftist Democrat, they scream and holler that if Donald Trump gets back in the White House, he will forget about the Constitution. He wants to be a dictator. He wants to be a king. Nancy Pelosi, this week, said that if Donald Trump got back in the White House, our nation would be instantly destroyed. And look at what's happening in the White House. This president is doing exactly what they are saying Donald Trump wants to do and didn't try to do any little bitty piece of it in his four years in the White House. That may be one reason why 
Donald Trump is seeing the support among Americans continue to climb, even with all of the things that this administration and leftist Democrats are trying to do to him and what they're doing to him. This makes absolutely no sense. I don't see how this could be codified. I don't see how anybody in the United States Congress would have anything to do with this, but it's happening. It's out there. He is not, he being Joe Biden, is not governing by constitutional regulations and laws. He's governing by whatever Joe Biden and whoever his minions are, and we can think and suggest, and I think we arbitrarily know that somebody that was previously a president has got to be having a lot to do with what Joe is doing, and I'm sure Obama's laughing his butt off as he sees these things being exposed about Joe Biden every day. And Barack has said this more than once. (laughs) Look at what I got Joe to do. He may get away with it. If you want a smart truck, you want an F-150 with available pro-trailer backup assist. If you want a strong truck, you want an F-150 with a high-strength military-grade aluminum alloy body. If you want a capable truck, you want an F-150 with up to 13,200 pounds of available towing. So to recap, you want the smart, the strong, the capable Ford F-150. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. We design smarter ways to detect motion for emergency dispatch in seconds. We create HD cameras so you can see what's happening in your home from anywhere. All powered by Fast Protect technology, exclusively from Simply Safe for faster police response. Because in here, your safety is the only thing that matters. Advanced home security, 24/7 professional monitoring. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You're driven all night. Everyone has one. The guy that's fun to be around, but he's dangerous to be around. You've got to keep him away from your things, like your tools, your gadgets, and your girlfriend. So before you get your juvenile mate around, get your lips around a dare iced coffee. The real Arabica and Robusta coffee kick will tell you what to do. Hire a jumping castle. Hours of fun for kids of all ages. A dare iced coffee fix will fix it. You do your thing, and you do it well. Now, it's time to do it bigger. It's time for Shopify. Shopify makes it easy to set up your online store, expand into new sales channels, and bring your brand into the real world. Get everything you need to launch your business today with Shopify. Washington, D.C., Republican Speaker-designee Jim Jim Jordan is throwing his support behind a plan that will put caretaker Speaker Patrick McHenry, that's called a uh, Speaker Pro Tem, to put him in charge of the House until January. Uh, 
Now, this is a plan that's been discussed or thought about, but we have been told that Jim Jordan is going to throw his support behind doing that. Rank-and-file lawmakers, they've been losing patience with Jim Jordan's efforts to continue a campaign after he loses two different consecutive ballots to be speaker. There will be no third vote today, we are told, but Jordan plans to stay in the race. The plan would give him a couple of months to build support for his bid while allowing the House to move forward with key votes that are expected on Israel and Ukraine aid and keeping the government funded. Republicans and Democrats huddled in separate conference meetings this morning. The lead architect of the plan to give McHenry more powers, that's Rep. David Joyce, a Republican from Ohio, initially said he hoped to hold a vote as soon as possible, but then backed away from that timeline, citing the need to re-butt GOP criticism that any vote amounted to a power-sharing arrangement with Democrats. We have to have a conference to flesh it out, Joyce said. He said that his plan would allow Jordan to continue campaigning for Speaker while the House business resumes. It opens the place up so we can get our bills passed on time, he said. This couldn't have been the worst time for this stalemate to happen coming up with a House Speaker. I mean, absolutely the worst time. It just blows my mind. And then we have all of these moving targets around. Do you realize we have members of the United States government, very vocal, very powerful public people in the House of Representatives that are out on stages giving speeches, anti-Israeli speeches in front of a crowd of people that want every Israeli human being to be slaughtered. It's hard for me to stomach that. Could even be a remote possibility. Into the American. But it is. In fact, it's happening every day. Rashida Tlaib, we talked about it yesterday. And you heard her earlier today crying as she spoke to those pro-Palestinians, anti-Israeli protesters at the U.S. Capitol. Senator Tom Tillis, we don't hear much from him, but he weighed in on Tlaib doing this. I don't even think he named her by name, but everybody knew who he was talking about. Carolina. Thank you, Madam President. I I come here to join my colleagues to talk about the events of the past 10 or so days in Israel and the the horrible attacks. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about two visits that I've made there over the past year or so, the most recent one back in February. But I want to start with holding our members accountable here on Capitol Hill. Now, this was posted on social media, um, and, it, and it's, it reads like false statements that we've seen from Hamas and other groups who want to foment hate and death in the region. It reads like this, Israel just bombed the Baptist Hospital building, killing 500 Palestinians, doctors, children's patients, just like that. That was within an hour or two of the bombing, before we knew anything. Uh, before any of us could have possibly had a secured briefing, before we'd gotten an assessment from the President of the United States or any of our intelligence sources here, before we could go down to the skiff and actually understand the details, that statement was made. Now, you'd think that'd come from a member of Hamas, but it came from a member of our Congress. 
If that member of Congress wants to take responsibility for the protests that we now see in Beirut, good on you. In Jordan, in Oman, and in Egypt, this sort of leadership or failure of leadership has no place on Capitol Hill. Now I want to talk about why I think Hamas is evil and why Iran's a part of this and why this is not surprising that the very details of this attack uh, took place. Uh, earlier this year in February, I was in, well, let me back up. A couple of years ago, I was in Israel and we went down to the Gaza Strip. Um, we saw a, a tunnel head. We actually walked in to a tunnel that was discovered by the Israelis. We went to a Patriot battery or an Iron Dome battery that every day is prepared to shoot down missiles because that almost happens. Every, before this attack, it happens almost on a daily basis. I've literally been in Israel when I'm having lunch in northern Israel. This was near the Golan Heights. And I'm asking somebody to pass a plate of food. A bomb goes off. And the people living in this kibbutz did not even miss a beat. They're, every day they have to live with this stuff. So now down in Gaza, we see the trail, the, the tunnel system that's in Gaza. If you go north to the Lebanese border, you will see an entire network of tunnels that the Israelis identified just in time. It had been a project that was estimated to be 10 years in the making, funded by Iran. Hezbollah is in Lebanon. Hamas is down in Gaza Strip. They had developed these tunnel networks and they were prepared to do the same thing in north, northern Israel that we saw in southern Israel over the past week and a half. And they even want to design this to strike fear and terror in the Israeli people. They want them to think, they want their children to think that they're going to pop out of the ground and kidnap them and kill their parents. This is a part of the terror that they want the Israeli people to live in every single day. And the Iranians were absolutely responsible for funding Hamas to build that, that tunnel network in northern Israel. And they do the same thing with Hamas in southern Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, first off, this has to end. Let's work with facts. And if Israel doesn't abide by the rules of war, then we should hold them accountable. But what we're finding out now from additional intelligence sources is that it does look, appear as though this was not an Israeli strike, that it was probably a failed missile launch from Hamas. We'll let the facts lead where, uh, where they may. But here's what I do know. This congressional members and others, before they can actually stand up for the Palestinian people, who I believe the majority of whom are good people who want to live free and live in democracy, they have to recognize that Hamas is evil, every single one of them, from their leadership down to their rank and files to the ones who flew the ultralights in to the people who came out of the tunnels and murdered over 1,200 people. They have to be held accountable. Their funder has to be held accountable. Their strategists in Iran have to be held accountable. And we in the United States have to stand by Israel and by freedom-loving Palestinians and freedom-loving uh, members of the Middle East. But we cannot let this go. We cannot let this evil go unchecked. And we have to stand by Israel and we have to make sure that we do everything we can to educate the, the American people on the facts and disabuse them of any notion that this congressional member or anyone else has any place in communicating that misinformation to the American people and across the world. And the violence that can come from making people believe that, they have to own. Thank you, Madam President. Words of wisdom. 
That's the least I could say. Folks, thank you for joining with us today. Thanks for your support being with us. Spread the word. Big day tomorrow at TNN Live, one of the biggest stories we've ever published. A whole lot more to talk about. You have a great day and enjoy it. Make it a good day. Forget about the bad stuff. Just rejoice that you're here and that you're okay. All right? You hop inside my car I got pictures, got candy I'm a lovable man I'd like to take you to the nearest star I'm your vehicle, baby I'll take you anywhere you wanna go I'm your vehicle, woman By now, I'm sure you know That I love ya love ya. I need ya. need ya I want to got to have your child Great God in heaven You know I love you